0: I'm Alan Weiss. Welcome back to the Uncomfortable Truth. Today's episode is on vaccines. Hardly surprising, and when you're listening to this, the vaccines should be in the process of being administered, albeit to the people who deserve it first, first responders and uh, people with underlying medical conditions, medical personnel, and all that is expectable. But that should create some real optimism, that mere administration of the vaccine and the fact that they're being circulated A small amount of side effects that we hear about will probably be blown way out of proportion by the media and by the conspiracists on social media. I think that uh, the Russians reported recently that you can't uh, drink alcohol within two months of having the vaccine. Now, of course, in Russia, that's absolutely impossible, but it's also a myth. (laughs) Groups and interests will lobby to become priorities. And you'll see teachers, unions, or who knows what, lobbying that they should be a priority, and suddenly, underlying health conditions will blossom, and people will suddenly have these. I'm reminded of the people on airplanes, remember airplanes when we used to fly on them, where the flight um, the flight agent, the gate agent, would say, you know, if you have any kind of need to board early, please do so. And a raft of people, 15, 20 people, would go down the jetway, and these are the same 15 to 20 people who would run up the jetway when the plane landed. They needed extra time to get in front of the rest of us. So I think these underlying health conditions will look the same way, and you'll see people with doctor's notes and so forth. There'll probably be a black market in illicit vaccine, some of which will be stolen and some of which will be crap. You know, not unlike the illicit drug market, right? I'm predicting Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, will whine that his state isn't getting enough of the vaccines for enough people, although he'll probably get it early himself and before everyone else. I understand he's getting some kind of fraudulent Emmy from someone in Europe for distinguished services on television in his news conferences about the vaccine, which really were a series of whining, pleading teleconferences. I hope the Emmy is for Bethos. Look it up. Is it possible, as I read last week in the newspapers, and I think it was the Wall Street Journal, not some rag, that 50% of the population reports they are in no hurry on this survey To get the vaccine. They'd rather wait and see. And another 25% on top of them says they won't take it no matter what. Now, if you choose not to vaccinate your kids for measles, we've been all through that, or yourselves or your family for COVID, what ails you can't be fixed by a vaccine? Sorry. You know, people unsubscribe when they hear me say that. They cite every confirmation biased article supporting their loopy positions They get by on some obscure pseudo-expert's commentary or documentary or white paper about the dangers of vaccine. One guy keeps taking me to task, and he finally (laughs) drove me to such a state that I unsubscribed him. Come on, as our president-elect would say. Come on, man. If you're engaged in conspiracy theories without a shred of empirical evidence, and you only listen to fellow conspiratists, Let me tell you something, you're paranoid, that's right, you heard it here. There will be lines and waits for the vaccine. Yet I remember the early 60s, I recall serving as a guide for long, very orderly lines of people wending their way through my high school to receive the polio vaccine. I know of no reports of people in any large scale who refused to take the polio vaccine citing some kind of independence or government threat or pure intractability. That's because they were watching people all around them die or become maimed by polio. It was an insidious, insidious disease, and it still is. The vaccine we have now was developed in record time, by my view. You can give credit to whomever you want. I'm not getting into political commentary here. But the fact is, this was pretty quick within nine months or so. And these times, of course, bring out the best in us, and they bring out the worst in us. It's a Dickinsonian tale. The positive and the negative are both exacerbated. The people who do good, the people who look out for others, the first responders, they're exemplary. They should all be sainted. The people who are selfish, the people who want to shame others, the people who want to be defiant, regardless of what health and whose health they put in danger, they get worse and worse. It's also been shown these times to be times of trial and error of panicked, partisan, lousy decision-making by our public officials at every level. I don't expect them to be prescient. I don't expect them to be the great Creskin. But I do expect them to make the proper decisions medically without politics getting in the way, no matter what your politics are. But politics often trumped medicine during this crisis— and trumped business, and trumped the personal relief efforts that we should have made in greater volume and earlier and more effectively. The greatest sin, of course, if it occurs, will be not being prepared for the next one, and there will be a next one. And that's the uncomfortable truth.